We are so excited to have brother and sister. In fact, the entire March family is with us here this morning. We are so glad that they are here. Uh, they're going to be here for a few days. And uh, it's always, always, always good to have them here. And it's good to have Brother Cody Marks here. You know, I just, whenever Brother, whenever your family is in the Northwest, I just want you to feel like this is home. I mean, everybody needs cities of refuge. And we want you to feel like when you're here, you guys are just home. I love Brother Marks. The devil, once again, has done everything he could to keep this man from coming here and being what he needs to be. But I want to tell you, in the face of every lion devil, the devil is a liar. Make no mistake about it. We're excited for Brother Marks. Come on. Put your hands together under the Lord for the man of God as he comes. Praise the Lord, everybody. Praise the Lord, everybody. That's still not the Spokane I know, so I'm going to try one more time. Praise the Lord, everybody. All right, that's better. That's better. Making sure you guys are awake. Praise God. Is the Lord good to us? So thankful for him. He has um, many blessings. And um, it's good to be back in Spokane at Cornerstone. And um, I just believe that the Lord is going to do some great things today. Anybody come with an expectation in your heart? I'd like you to go with me. Isaiah chapter 59 and then Jonah chapter 1. Um, I'll meet you there in just a moment. Um, I want to say how grateful that we are today for the kindness that is always shown to us here by this great church and by Pastor and First Lady, and we love the males very, very much. And um, he was insistent on all of my crew coming this time, and that means a whole lot to me to have them with me here this morning. Uh, it's not often that I get to be with them in church on Sunday, and so when that is a reality, it's a great thing. And so it's good to have them with me today. And um, I really do want the Lord to help us this morning. Jonah chapter one. Verse number one, now the word of the Lord came unto Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, 
Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and cry against it, for their wickedness has come up before me. But Jonah rose up to flee unto Tarshish from the presence of the Lord and went down to Joppa, and he found a ship going to Tarshish. So he paid the fare thereof and went down into it to go with them unto Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. If you would, skip down to verse number 17. Now the Lord had prepared a great fish to swallow up Jonah. And Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights and let's just act like we're reading without the separation of chapters. Then Jonah prayed. Then Jonah prayed unto the Lord his God out of the fish's belly. I'm going to try that one more time. I don't know if you picked that up. Sometimes we, we separate these and I'm... And I'm understand why the the translators I, but you got to understand there's one flow here to this so again I want to read verse 17 and I just want to go right down through the narrative now the Lord had prepared a great fish to swallow up Jonah and Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights then Jonah prayed unto the Lord his God out of the fish's belly. Isaiah chapter 59. And verse number one. Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened that it cannot save neither his ear heavy that it cannot hear. Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened that it cannot save. I feel like the Lord has given me some specific things to say today. Um, I believe he has sent me here to say some specific things, and I want to do that. Um, my goal today is not to preach something that wows you. Um, my prayer is that the Lord would make me an effective reacher today. I like great preaching, but today I want to be a great reacher. And I want, through his word, if the Lord will help me, I want to reach somebody. That means he's going to help me preach today. If you would, would you put your Bibles down one more time? Would you just lift your hands and ask God to help us here for the next little bit?
Praise God. Give the Lord a good hand clap of praise. Come on, clap your hands and give the Lord a good hand clap of praise. You can be seated. Thank you for standing. I want to jump right in today. If you'll just join in and with ride with me here for the next few moments. I yesterday cut as much of the unnecessary or June details out of this just to give you the, the meat of the matter. There's a portion of Scripture. I apologize that I didn't get these to you before. Genesis chapter 48, if you'd put it on the screen, I'd like to begin with. I know the Lord's going to help me tie all this together, so you just ride with me here for the next few moments. There's a portion of Scripture in Genesis 48, verse number 21. Jacob, Israel, is dying, and here in this verse says that he says unto Joseph, Behold, I die. He said, God shall be with you and bring you again unto the land of your fathers. I want you to notice verse number 22. Brother, I'm telling you, everything. <laughs> notice verse number 22. He says, moreover, I've given to thee one portion above thy brethren. And notice this portion of Scripture. He says, which I took out of the hand of the Amorite with my sword and with my bow. I'm going to read that again. Pull your minds in here. This is Jacob. He said, there's a portion that is being extended here, and he says, it was taken out of the hand of the Amorite with my sword and with my bow. Now, reason I'm drawing this to your attention is because when we think of Old Testament warriors and hand-to-hand -hand combat, Jacob is not somebody that would immediately come to our minds. If this had been something that David had said on his deathbed, we would not have thought twice about it. If this had been a portion of Scripture about Joab or about Gideon or there's a list of other warriors that we're familiar with, this would not have caught the reader's attention. This is not David and this is not Gideon. This is Jacob. One, when it comes, when he comes to mind, he is not one of an aggressive nature. In fact, Jacob would have not found himself on most of our lists if we would have been asked to list 
warriors of the Old Testament. Yet he's talking about some kind of battle that he had hand-to-hand combat with the Amorite with his sword and with his bow. Now stay with me. There's a reason I'm drawing this out. Nowhere else in Scripture, because I look for it, Bishop, is this battle spoken of. In fact, it's just something that is mentioned almost casually, almost offhandedly. Doesn't even take the entirety of one verse. It's just, oh, by the way, this is where that portion comes from. Now, in juxtaposition to this, What I'd like to bring to your attention is if you were to rewind at one of the most critical junctures in Jacob's life, there is a battle that time is spent and scripture is spent to convey to us. In fact, Jacob struggles with an angel Whoever or whatever you think that being is is irrelevant to what I'm trying to to relay to you right now. In fact, almost a whole chapter is given to a wrestling match that Jacob has at the Brook Jabbok. Scripture affords us almost an entire chapter that Jacob and the greater battle there in that chapter was not Jacob wrestling with an angel. The greater battle in that chapter is Jacob wrestling with Jacob. So you've got half of one verse in which apparently some intense battle happens between Jacob and the and the Amorites where he takes where he takes a portion with his bow and his sword. And then on the other hand, in juxtaposition, you have a battle that takes place with Jacob and his nature, and almost a half a chapter is given to it. There is a significant reason I'm using the first five minutes of this message to point that out to you. I believe that the scripture places an emphasis here that all of us must lean in and pay attention to today. The real battle are not the battles. There's a lot of battles in life. You hear me what I'm telling you. Come on. There's a lot of spirits that come against all of us. Man born of woman, his days are few and they are full of trouble. There's always things things that we're going to have to battle. But the greater battle is not the battle with the Amorite. The greater battle is the battle with me. If you miss that, we're just as well to close up and go home. A half a verse is given. Let's place the emphasis where the emphasis is right now. I'm preaching to somebody that the battle is raging in your life. Come on. I don't know what's being thrown at you. I don't know what you're going through. I don't know what you're facing. I don't know what has happened and what is happening. But I can tell you this. The most significant battle going on in your life is the battle with your own thoughts and your own flesh and your own will there's not a greater war that you will ever war than the war with your will come on and the only way that the war with the will can be won is by surrender I'm preaching to somebody you got to get your eyes off of the Amorites and make up in your mind I'm going to get myself in check I'm going to get my flesh under subjection I'm to make sure my will is broken and surrendered to the will of God.
I, I, felt, I felt to take some time and just dig around this right now. Somebody hear me. There is a way that seemeth right to man, but the ends thereof are destruction. I want to tell somebody right now, there's a good chance that if you're destroyed, it won't be hell that destroys you. It'll be the stuff in your own head. You hear what I'm telling you? There's a reason that the crucifixion took place. Come on, at a place called the skull. You gotta die out to your thoughts. You gotta die out to your ideas. You gotta die out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All of the other battles, come on, they have their significance. Come on, but let's put them in their proper place. It's a half a verse. Come on, the real battle is half a chapter where Jacob is struggling. Come on, with his heel grabbing deceptive nature. I want somebody here to make up in your mind today. I refuse to succumb to the thoughts in my head. I don't care how real the feelings are. It's false information. I don't want to get ahead of myself because I feel like the Lord sent me here and I know this is different, but I want to reach out and get a hold of somebody if the Holy Ghost will help me. Come on. I don't know where you got the idea. I want to just debunk this right now, but I don't like the battles that come with the will of God. Hear what I'm telling you right now. Come on. Everybody's going to fight battles and everybody's going to deal with troubles. I'd much rather deal with the battles that come with the will of God than to deal with the battles that come with being out of the will of God. You say, Brother Marks, it's hard. It's hard to stay surrendered. It's hard to stay submitted. It's hard to stay on this road. This is a rough road. This living for God, is a, it's a laborious life. Get a map out. Get a map out and look. Look at what Jonah does. Come on. We may not go any, any further than this right here. I got to get this into your thick skull right now or you're going to mess the rest of your life up. Come on. Look at what Jonah does. He says, I don't want to go to Nineveh. Come on. Come on. He's starting to think about all the battles and wars. Come on. And fears that come with the will of God. And so he takes off and he goes the opposite direction. Ladies and gentlemen, if you look at a map, Joppa and Tarshish was twice the distance the other direction than if he had went to Nineveh. I want to preach to somebody right now. It's not easier being out of the will of God. It's twice as hard to be out of the will of God than it is to be in the will of God. Hallelujah. I don't want to offend you Northwesterners. Come on. But I got to say it how I feel it today. You need to suck it up, buttercup, and make up in your mind. Come on. I'm not going to do what my flesh is telling me to do. Come on. I'm not going to do what my feelings are telling me to do. Come on. Not my will, but thine be done. think it's going to be easier? 
I don't understand how in the world he tells that lie so convincingly. When we watch the failure and the flailing, And the hopeless attempt of those that decide they're going to go the other way from Nineveh. Boy, I never preached this, but the Holy Ghost just dropped, my, dropped this in my spirit. And, all, and a lot of those things were unfounded fears. And that's usually the ones that get us, Sister Sergeant. It's not even things that are reality. And once we get there, I'm not saying there's not going to be battles. Once we get there, there is. But many of the things that we feared that kept us from going in the first place, once we got there, oh, 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 somebody better hear me right now. We forget about it once we're there and we've got the sweet taste of victory. We forget about everything that we feared that kept us from going so long. You hear what I'm telling you? They're unfounded. A lot of the fears and feelings that you have. Come on. It's stuff that's not even going to show up. It's stuff that's not even there. And if it is there, if you're willing to go, God will remove it before you get there. I'm going to tell you, God sent me here today to tell somebody, well, I don't know what to say, and I don't know what to do. I'm going to tell you, it's real easy. Keep saying yes. Come on, that's what you keep doing. You keep saying yes. Yes to God's will. Yes to God's way. Yeah. It's twice. It's twice distance, which tells me, Sister Don, that it's twice as hard. Let me just tell you while I'm at it, just because there's one more boat ticket, just because initially a few things fall in place, doesn't mean that you want anything by doing things your way. You didn't win. Lucky me, there's one more boat. One more boat ticket. One more place. Surely what I'm doing is okay. And we use these sick little things that happen initially to somehow confirm in our own minds and justify in our own wills that what we're doing is right. Well, that was it. The rest of that story is it's, there's storms and there's sleepless nights. Man, I wish I could get somebody to help me right now. The ambiguity, the ambiguity Brother Marks, you don't know ambiguity until you've been on your own. The uncertainty. You don't know uncertainty until you're facing it by yourself. It's twice as hard. I just can't handle everything that comes with living for God. Let me, 
Are you being redundant? Absolutely. It's the success of pedagogy. You just keep repeating stuff till you get it through somebody's thick skull. It's worse. There's battles both ways. There is a way that seemeth right to man. Why is it so many times I come here and God sends me here to lay in front of a, 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 a in front of a train train wreck, if you will? I don't know, but I'm back again, and I'm telling you, I don't care how real the real the feelings are. I don't I don't know what you're entertaining, but I'm telling somebody you need to turn the table over. Come on, and you need to move out from that table you've been sitting down. And listen, because the voices you're listening to are not the right voices. Come on, you're in a battle with your will. You're in a battle. With your will. And all it takes is one or two bad decisions. Come on. And you can get it off the rail. And you can wreck your life. Come on, ladies and gentlemen. There's a reason I think he was speaking to his demise that laid in Solomon's life. He admonished us. Cease from your own wisdom. There's no, there's nothing, there's nothing different than you can get out of it in the Hebrew. It's as plain as you can get where Jeremiah said, it is not in man to know the way. Well, man, well, it doesn't get any clearer than that. It's not in you to know the way. Steps of a good man. The steps of a good man are ordered. They're ordered by the Lord. I noticed this morning I took some time with this verse that we're all so familiar with and really fleshed it out, pulled it apart and turned it inside out. The ESV translation actually captures what I felt, and I wasn't just looking for a translation to say something the way I wanted to say it. You got to read them all, and you got to pull, pull it up. Got to pull it apart to really unpack it and know what's what's being said. But it's the ESV that captures it. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. I've slowed down here because I want this to sink in. I want to read this to you in the ESV. When the steps, of a, the steps of a man are established by the Lord, when he delights in his way. When he delights in his way. The steps of a good man are ordered, ordered in the sense, every sense of the word that your mind would imagine what order means. He establishes it. The steps of a good man are ordered. God orders those steps. He establishes those steps. But also the word there is God not only orders the steps, God knows how to stabilize the steps. God's not going to send a man in a certain direction without steadying him. 
No, you're not hearing what I'm telling you. God not, he doesn't just, uh, he doesn't just haphazardly, he doesn't just flippantly say, you go that way. No, it's ordered and it's and it's established. And and if God, if God willed it for me to go down that path, come on, even when I get to rocking and reeling, come on, and things become unsteady, the same God that ordered the steps is the same God that will stabilize the steps. Well, I can't believe that God would send me down this road and then leave me in the, in the predicament. I, he's not going to send you down that road and leave you in the predicament that you're in. He ordered your steps. Come on, you might feel like you're falling right now, but I've come to preach to you that the Spirit knows how to steady the unsteady steps of a man who is in the will of God. I know I've slowed down here, but I want this to soak in. When, someone say when. There's a hinge on this. This is how all this works. God sends and he steadies. God orders and he stabilizes. But the hinge on this is when. Somebody say when. When, when, say when. When he delights in his way, not when I delight in my way. No, when I delight in the way God is doing things. Interestingly enough, delight means all the things you think that it means. Come on. But it also means, it's a Hebrew word that also means to be inclined or to be bent in a certain direction. Come on. God likes it regardless of what we're facing. Come on. God likes it when we stay bent or inclined or we delight or we're happy about the way that God has sent us down. It's important to God. Come on. That you and I stay they bent in his direction. I believe this service today is to help somebody get bent right back in the right direction. Come on. I don't want you to be bent or inclined to do things the way that you want to do them. you got to be bent and inclined to do things the way that God has ordered them. The steps of a good man. So, God's ability to, to sin, and then God's ability to stabilize those steps that are sent. God's power to step, to stabilize the stumbling steps. Come on, hinges. When? When he delights in his way. And so, what happens is, things get to doing this. And when you're not staying inclined or bent to doing things his way, you're working against him and you're robbing yourself. Am I making sense to anybody right now? The stability can I say it this way? So apparently the stability, yes, technically it comes from God, but the stability comes from right here. 
man's own stability. you got to keep your casting down. Come on. Bringing into captivity every thought. Casting down every vain imagination. Come on. Your ability to be stable down here, comes. it comes from your stability up here. And so you got to tell yourself, things may be rocky right now, but I'm not going to start doing things my way. Even if the ground is rocky, I'm still bent to believing God's way is better. God's way is best. Y'all see me fighting these sleeves in this suit. None of, nothing I got on right now is mine. I'm dealing with split personalities. I got bishop shoes on, so I'm wanting to go like this. I got Jake's old suit on, and so I'm wanting to go like this. And Jake brought me a shirt, bless his heart. But I ain't got anything to keep the sleeves together. So y'all just bear with me. She's from, she's from that own list. Acknowledge him in all that ways. And he, again, it's mind over matter. Acknowledging him. In all your ways, and he shall direct thy path. Aren't you thankful, though? Now, I'm fixing to admonish a little different direction here. So buckle up and ride with me. Aren't you thankful, though, that God will let you retake, he'll let you, he'll let you retake test. God sent me with a word, and I'm going I'm to I'm give it to you. I'm not going to be much longer. Aren't you thankful that when you take the wrong path, that, that, God, that God's got a way over time of bringing things back around and letting you correct your course? Anybody know where the Titanic was headed? I was taking a chance there, but I, I had a feeling. I had a feeling. Anybody want to? Nobody. Good. That's going to help me with my point. You know why no one knows where the Titanic was headed? You don't know where it was headed because it never made it. It was headed to New York City is where it was headed. It sure was. But you don't know that because it didn't matter. It didn't make it. And you know why it didn't make it? Because there was an order sent in for course correction, and the correction was made. And then just a few minutes later, there was another signal that came through for another course correction. And the one in control of making the course correction says that can't be 
possible. We just corrected the course. And so it was negligence. It was negligence and making the, the adjustments and the correction. Well, we're just already. Well, no, life's about. It's all about the, the small adjustments. In fact, if we, would, if we would get better, am I helping anybody right now? If we, would more, if we would be more willing, if we would be more submitted to making the little adjustments. Come on, I, I, believe there, I believe there's some titanics in this place, spiritually speaking, but I don't believe it's the will of God for you to shipwreck somewhere. Come on, listen, I don't care how indestructible, come on, you may think you are. If you're not willing to be taking constant correction, you're never going to get. You're, gonna, you're never going to get where God has predestined for you to go. It's constant little adjustments. And the fact of the matter is, if we were more apt to take the constant little adjustments here and there, we wouldn't have to deal with these big things that keep popping up in our lives. Come on. I want his word. Come on. His word is sent to correct. His word is sent to rebuke. His word. Come on, it's good for reproof. It's good for rebuke. Are you hearing me right now? There's a big difference between something that is rebuked and something that is straightened out. Yes, there's times for rebuke, but there's also times that the Word of God comes and it takes what's been in the wrong direction and it bends it back in the right direction. I hate that you did it. But can you learn from what happened? There is no good thing in this flesh. I don't care how great you think your ideas are. <laughs> if your ideas don't align with the will of God, Jonah decides he's going to do things the way Jonah wants to do it. Jonah's going to take matters in his own hands. Can I just tell you right now, running from God never works out. Brother Marks, who are you preaching today? I hope you never know. Huh? I hope you never know. It's in moments like this people can just receive the word of the Lord, be bent right in the right back direction and, and get their feet turned right back on the, in the right path and just say long. Huh? I'm thankful that God is so individually invested in us. Think about that with me. He is so individually invested in us that even when we get out of his will, If God's been merciful for you, I need you, you I'm, I'm going to need you to help me close this thing out right now. Even when we get out of his will, you go read verse number 17 and you'll find that there, and this is not just fanatical Cody Marks or wild man Bishop Mayo thinking like this. It's in that verse. That fish was there for no other reason but Jonah. That fish wasn't created for any other reason. 
God placed that there after everything that Jonah had done, after all of the running that Jonah had did. Are you with me right now? Come on. God is not a God who gives up that easy. Aren't you thankful for it? Come on, I'm here today and I'm telling you, I don't recommend you getting out of the will of God. I'm telling you, it's better off to stay in the will of God. But I'm also telling you that if you've gotten out of the will of God, that there is hope. And that's what I've come to preach to you here today. There is a God that has come to touch you. There is a God that has come to save you. There is a God who has come to redeem you. Hallelujah. And the Lord prepares. Come on, Lord doesn't know who I am. Lord doesn't care about me after everything I've done and everything I've said. Come on. And as far as I've run, the Bible says the Lord prepared a fish. The word prepared is not a word where somebody just offhandedly knows. There's, there's some intimacy involved in that. There's some time spent. I'm preaching to somebody. God has prepared He has prepared a fish out of his will. Out of his will, God prepared a fish. God sent a situation. Oh, how many know? How many know? How many? Come on. How many is remembering what the fish was in your life? Come on. A doctor's report, a tragedy. Come on, a moment just like this where God sends the fish into your life, something that swallows you up. Come on, I was headed in the wrong direction and God sent something to swallow me up. Swallow me up, swallow me up, swallow me up to destroy. Let me tell somebody something. God has not allowed everything that he's allowed in your life because he hates you. God has allowed everything that's going on in your life right now because he's trying to turn you around. I'm going to back up and try that again. Come on. This all just means I'm cursed. This doesn't mean you're cursed. You may be swallowed up by something, but it doesn't mean you're cursed. It means God loves you so much. He's trying to turn you around. God hasn't allowed all this to drive you further away. He's allowed all this hoping that you'll pray. And Jonah prayed. He didn't do this to make you feel like he didn't love you. He didn't allow whatever swallowed you up. You know, you know the you know what the fish looks like in your life. You know what you're being swallowed up with right now. Sometimes it's hopelessness. Sometimes it's depression. I'm preaching to somebody right now. Come on. I know what I felt. I know what I felt even in the misery of my travels yesterday. Come on. Come on. He didn't drive you to the point of considering taking your own life for you to take your own life. He sent you to the point of considering to take your own life because he's trying to redeem your life. He's trying to get you back. He's trying aren't you thankful aren't you thankful that God come on aren't you thankful that God will reach aren't you thankful that God will circle back around aren't you thankful that even when you were out of the will of God 
All right, y'all waiting on a title. You're not going to help me preach till I give you my title. Come on, come on. You might be out of the will of God, but you're still within the reach of God. Come on, I'm preaching to somebody today that even when you're out of the will of God, you're still within the reach of God. His arm is not shortened. Out of the will of God but still within his reach. You didn't hear what I just said. You've been waiting on a title. I just gave you one. Out of the will of God. I know. I know where I was driving. I remember just a few days ago where I was driving where it thundered in my spirit, and I thought about this service right here ahead of me. Out of the will of God, but within his reach. Jonah in every, in every, in every measure of the word was out of the will of God, but even out of the will of God. Come on, he was within the reach of God. God's preparing a fish. God's preparing a fish. Can I tell somebody right now, you might be out of his will, but you're within his reach. Come on. God's going to find a way to get to you. God's going to find a way to get his hand on you. The stories of people courageously have shared with me over the years of the creative things, the fish that God has sent into people's lives out of his will, but within his reach. His arm is not shortened. God, this has comforted me in the last few days, Brother Mayo, because when you think about our reach, we live to reach, bro. You and I, it's, it's just cut us, cut us open. It's every fiber of our being. But, but we also, there's, I don't, I, you're probably the same way. I live frustrated because I feel like I know the limitations, and I can't get my hands on people, and I try. I, I'm reaching with everything in my human ability. Come on. There's a limitation. There's a limitation to my reach. Doesn't mean I'm going to stop reaching. Doesn't mean I'm going to stop loving. But there's people I can't get a hold of. There's a young lady right now, a pastor's daughter, that if I could get a hold of her, I'd have got a hold of her months ago, but I can't get a hold of her. I don't have her phone number. I don't have her address. I don't know where she lives. I can't get my hand on her. But ladies and gentlemen, while my arm may be short, God's arm is not short. God can reach in there. God can touch your boy. God can reach in there and grab your daughter today. I want you to cut me offline. Take me off. Turn me off. 